see is Mark. Uh, I am calling. Just wanted to say I really, really love your show. It has been a fantastic help to me as I have uh, moved beyond Christian faith into other forms of understanding the world. But I'm really, really curious to hear about you from uh, our, your perspective on the coronavirus. Uh, it hasn't really exploded in America yet, but it's looking like it will be soon. And uh, so I guess I'm just wondering, what are some tips and guidelines from you? How do we respond um, to the people in our lives? How what, what I guess what potential do you see for the virus to maybe change the way we interact as a society or as humans? Um, is this going to have any impact in, in like our social relations long term? Um, what can we do as humanists to reach out to people um, even as we self-isolate? Um, I just feel like there's an awful lot here that our favorite humanitarian chaplain would be able to help with. Thank you so much. Really appreciate everything you guys have to say. Hey there. Right. You have notes? Just, just a few things that I'm like, that I, that I, in, in the last, yeah. So just not, not big notes, just little notes, things I want to make cover. Hey everybody. Welcome to the show. Yes, it is a different world than it was the last time you heard from me and this podcast. Yes, that's what we're going to talk about because doggone it, what else is there to talk about? So yes, I'm here. And yes, John Wright hey. is here with me. Say, hey, John. Hey, hey. It's a and good John, thing. I'm, I was thinking what's well, a good thing we do this thing um, from home, both of us, <laughs> because it's the only place you can actually be now. Yeah, yeah. We podcasters, we're, we're so... Like ahead of the game, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but the problem is is everybody always listens to podcasts when they're driving to work, and so I don't, do, will people listen to podcasts when they're sitting at home? I don't know. It is interesting. In the shower, they will. Have you listened to any podcasts recently? In the shower. Yeah. Okay. Because I used to listen to podcasts when I would work out, but of course, like I can't go to the the gym anymore. Right. Right. I saw this really. I mean, this has been a good time for memes, if nothing else. And uh, one of the memes I saw was this guy was was putting like um, hand soap on the floor and then using the slippiness to create his own like treadmill at home. <laughs> <laughs> There's like literally everything is different, right? You feel you feel like everything is different in your life, right? Yeah. I mean, everything is totally different in everybody's life right now. Um Unless you're not paying attention, and, it, and and how could you not be paying attention? Because <laughs> you can't go to the restaurant, you can't right. go anywhere. So yeah, everything's different for everybody, and and I feel like that's what we've got to talk about. And I, I've actually been hearing from a lot of humanized me people saying, "Hey, this wasn't a good week for you to just take off." Um, and I actually was on vacation last week. Um, oh, you were? Yeah, believe it or not, I was in California. I went, I, I, you know, like what's funny is I flew out to California a week ago, Friday. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, yeah, this problem, you know, Marty and I, we've planned this. My parents were coming. They were on their way to Hawaii for a conference. Um, and we were like, ah, you know, we probably ought to do it. We may not be able to do things the same way. And of course, 
by the time we got there, two days into being there, we were like, what the hell are we doing traveling? Right. And then we said, Well, I mean, all, all the, the existing travel plans, I mean, my parents were just here yesterday from Ireland. They just left after like a 12-day thing. And while they were here, the world changed completely. You know, and they, they were here, like we, every day we're keeping up on, you know, news from that side of the pond. They're from Northern Ireland. And so they're coming all the way over. I guess if, if you have existing travel plans, fewer people are doing it now. But, you know, it's amazing how much has changed in a week. Yeah. And so, I mean, I thought we were being like vaguely risky going out there. By the time it came time to come home, uh, I just, mean. Yeah. You're just feeling bad even being anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, halfway, my, my parents were there for the first three days of the vacation. And we spent a lot of that time trying to talk them into canceling their plans to go to Hawaii. Um, and they were a little slow to figure out that at 85 years of age, they shouldn't be getting on a five-hour discretionary plane trip to Hawaii right? Um, to go to a conference that I was like, I promise you it's going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. And they finally did sort of see reason and go home. And yeah, the conference was canceled and they were glad they were home. But um, have you have you ever seen anything like this in your life? Nobody's seen anything like this in our lifetime. I mean, I was, I was saying to my, my, my dad... You know, it hasn't been since 1918 that the entire world had the same problem. Mm-hmm. Like even in World War II, you know, there were parts of the world that weren't directly affected by it. Like they were affected by the fact that the rest of the world was at war. But, you know, there were, there were maybe there weren't, but it feels like there were parts of the world that weren't directly affected by World War II. It is the whole world. So, you know, I felt like, it, I mean, it, this is what's funny, John. Is it, it, felt, it felt like it made more sense to say nothing, to post nothing last week than to post an episode about, you know, people processing their religious deconversions. You know, my, 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 my conversation with a woman about, you know, how we deal with Christianity after we've left it. Like, like mm-hmm. that seemed really relevant a month ago, right? When I recorded that conversation, but I got, I, you know, I've I've received a few emails from people, you know, those mass emails where people are sending out like sort of almost like blog posting type mm-hmm. emails that weren't about the coronavirus, and I was like, why would I even read this? Like, wh- how is this relevant? Yeah, yeah, nothing seems relevant except what's going on. No, I agree. It's a very eerie weird feeling right now and i'm sure people are frightened and and don't know what to do and i'm sure that they would have liked to hear from you so they're hearing from you now yeah so you know so we're checking in um and i I mean obviously i'm no expert um on the medical side of this or the economic side of this or kind of those global things um though though as 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 family and friends keep reminding me i am i am the person who has read and thought the most about a global catastrophe in the last 10 years you know like i'm everybody's sort of in my circle of friends like i'm everybody's favorite catastrophist (laughs) 
Right. No, you've been talking about collapse for a long time, societal collapse in some way or, or global catastrophe in some way for a really long time. Yeah. And, and this was one of the scenarios. You know, like, I've, my contention has been, and, and maybe that's a tip-off to kind of the way I'm thinking about this, is, yeah, we're quarantined in our house. You're quarantined in yours, right? Like, you're, mm-hmm. or you're, you're sort of like, you're holed up with your family? Uh, yeah, for the most part, with some exceptions. Right, right. And so, you know, we, we're, we made it back from Los Angeles without any visible symptoms. Of course, the scary thing is we're learning... That doesn't mean we don't have it. Right. We could have it and be asymptomatic. And so it was crazy of us to fly on an airplane on Sunday. Um, you know, and sitting here on, what is it, Tuesday? Mm-hmm. We know that. <laughs> you know, like, but on, on Sunday, it seemed to make sense. Yeah. No, I mean, it's amazing how fast things are developing and and like good advice from three days ago is completely irrelevant now which is why i think that uh, you know this episode once we get done talking bart i'm just going to pretty much post it raw i think (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) it'll be it'll be irrelevant i I mean it'll be it'll be irrelevant in 20 minutes i feel like the pre you you know i I feel like the pressure is so it's the pressure is that everything is changing it feels like hourly yes um and so, yeah, the, the truth is that I have been, I, you know, I've thought about these catastrophes for a long time. And because, you know, my underlying belief is that our global economy and our global way of life, even our global spirituality, is unsustainable. That everything has been based on an infinite growth um, mindset. When, while we, where we're living on a finite planet and that there was no way, there's no way it's sustainable and there's no way there, there isn't going to be some kind of major adjustment. Um, and, you know, I didn't know whether it would be a economic crisis, a political crisis, a nuclear war, climate change, a refugee crisis, or a pandemic flu. Like, but that was one of the things that we talked about. Mm-hmm. All, all of my catastrophe friends and I. Um, <laughs> and the weird thing is people go like, yeah, but this can't be, this This isn't going to crash the world because it's, it's, it's just a flu, basically. Like you get sick for a couple of weeks. Um, and I mean, yeah, it might kill a bunch of old people or vulnerable people, but it's not going to, you know, it's not, this isn't the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to wipe out the Spanish flu wiped out mostly young people. Um, and so people are like, yeah, this isn't it. And I'm like, no, nah, you don't understand. Like, it's a domino. And th- this doesn't have to be the big domino. All it has to be is enough to mess with the global economy. And that's Which it already to, is. Right. And that's, you know, and, and then there's the question of like, as the economy changes, that changes the political calculations. I mean, Trump looked like an absolute shoe-in to win re-election a month ago. Now, it's, it's hard to imagine how a president who presides over this kind of a 
catastrophic event, the economy cratering and his mismanagement of the crisis costing thousands of lives and billions of dollars. It's hard to imagine what 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 kind of case he's going to how he's going to stand in a debate with anybody and say, you know, I think of the old Ronald Reagan line, are you better off now than you were four years ago? I don't think mm. anybody's going to be able to say yes to that. Right, right, right. And so, you know, so yeah. th- there are political consequences to this. Well, I think certainly um, his, his his big argument was the economy. And it's clear that we're headed for a recession. So that doesn't seem like it's a good argument anymore. I don't think we're headed for a recession, John. Think you think we're, we're headed, headed for, for a, a depression? Absolutely. We're not guaranteed to go into a global depression, but the, the chances are so much higher right now than they were a month ago. I wonder, Bart, I mean, so one thing that I have going on in my mind around all this is, you know, obviously, I mean, I, I'm in business, right, for myself, like I work for myself. Um. And, you know, they can bail the airlines out. That's not going to bail me out. Um, well, I mean, that, and that's where Andrew Yang is kind of looking like a smart guy all of a sudden. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of. Because, I mean, yeah. that's what they're, that's what they're going to do here in Ohio for people is they're basically going to make unemployment really easy to get. Mm-hmm. And because they know that, like, there are a lot of people that if they miss a paycheck, it comes down to rent or it comes down to food. I mean, we already had a lot of people in this country living hand to mouth. And so if you put if you put a lot of those people out of work, then the government has to bail them out. But here's the question is even if the government does that, like you're you're in business for yourself. Let's just say your business tanks. Right. Nobody wants documentary films anymore. Mm-hmm. You'll and you go on the dole. The question is, how long can your state send you checks? Well, it is a good question. Okay, so that's how bad it could get. Yeah, it could get really bad. Uh, what's the, I, I mean, know, you're like, this isn't helping me. Right, yeah, yeah not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think the thing I think the I think the thing to recognize is, is in the same way that a lot of people m- didn't get ahead on the virus itself. I think we need to we need to think in terms of how does a society get through a depression. So one of the things that I've long said when I was talking about building secular communities, church-like mm-hmm. communities is that when the crisis hits, the people that will do the best are people that have, you know, a circle of friendship where they trust and love each other and they're able to pool resources and provide mutual support and protection. Mm -hmm. Well, I can, you know, and so the question is, well, who's good at cooperating? Who's good at resolving conflicts with each other? And you go like, well, people that have been cooperating and resolving conflicts and sharing a, an ideology and a sense of hopefulness and, you know, sort of bucking each other up for a long time. I'm like, yeah, that's why, that's why these communities are going to be valuable. And in my experience, 
And in the readings that I've done, one of the things that's really interesting is people are like, oh no, if there's food supply, if there's food shortages or things like that, if there's a breakdown, like people will be ripping each other's shreds. It'll be, and you know what? There's no evidence of that. When catastrophes happen, when earthquakes happen, when civil wars happen, most people are amazingly good to each other. Most people act altruistically to a point, mm -hmm. to a limit. Yeah. But most, like people aren't, people don't immediately become barbarians and, 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 and evil. But I will tell you that it's going to become important for people to sort of, you know, and people form alliances, by the way. I mean, if you want to watch relevant television right now, go back and watch season one and two of The Walking Dead. Because it, that, it, it's, it's a show about a social breakdown and about people banding together. Right. And you go like, but those people didn't know each other beforehand. No, and what happens is people quickly learn how to spot people who would be trustworthy, people that would be good partners, people that would be good neighbors. And, and, and people do learn to spot people that maybe wouldn't be good neighbors, that you shouldn't take into your house, that, that, won't, be, that won't be reliable or won't be caring. And so, you know, I think a lot of the things that we always talk about on this show mm -hmm. about kindness and forgiveness and about um, people who are rational and who, who are able to do research, people who are committed to helping other people. And that's part of how they, what their basic identity is. Um, I think a lot of this stuff is really relevant because what you're going to want to look for in your community is who are the most humane human beings? Who are the people that you want, who are the people that you want to band together with? Who are the people that you want to trust? Who are the leaders you can trust? And the leaders that you can trust won't be the ones that are like us against them. Those guys are the problem. Let's get them. You know, the, the, leader, the leaders that you're going to trust are people that are going to say, hey, we need to consolidate and figure out how best to take care of each other and what it means to be, yeah. what it means to be, what it means to be human, what it means to be sacrificial, what it means to, what it means to put the future of our tribe, i.e. our children, ahead of our own you know, ahead of our individual interests. Who's interested in raising kids? Who's interested in nurturing kindness? Who's interested in in develop in kind of self education? I mean, I, I think in the in, in as as a lot of these schools are shutting down, when you know, all of a sudden parents are going like, "Hey, how do you teach a kid something? How do you talk to kids?" So I, mean, I think that a whole new skill set would emerge if we ended up in a depression. But I think mm -hmm. that the skill set of forming closer relationships and being a good apologizer and a good forgiver um, and a good sharer and a good storyteller and a good hope giver, like I think all of those are going to be really relevant skills in a depression. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, okay. So, so I'm, I'm thinking we may have done this a little bit backwards, but. I'm sure. What we do did. you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, these are the things on your mind, and I appreciate them. I, I also think, you know, I'm looking at the the near term, and when people are in isolation, one of the things I was interested in asking you about was your thoughts about that, because I know that you're a super in person, you know, like 
meeting with others, being with others right. is the most important right. thing. How is this sort of period of isolation affecting the way you think about things? Well, I mean, it's interesting. I think, I mean, this is a unique thing because they don't want you to be with other people um, as much as possible. And yet, like in our community, there's a single woman in our community who's good friends with Miranda, my daughter mm -hmm. and her husband, and good friends with Marty and I. And as soon as it started to get crazy, we were like, you know, you probably ought to come live with us. Like she's, you know, and you go like, well, isn't that risky? And I'm like, yeah, it's a little risky right now. But, you know, like we may have the virus. She may have the virus. We don't know. We, you know, but, but like, even if one of us does have the virus, we, we probably ought to just look like, these are the six people. And if one of us gets it, we'll all hunker down and we'll be sick for two weeks. And then it'll, and then it'll have run through us. And, uh, and, and we won't, we won't go out and infect other people during those two weeks. But we realized that like, we didn't want her alone. And so I think one of the things that is important is if you are alone is to ask yourself, is, is, is there anyone, you know, like, like, can you draw a circle? Can you be in somebody's circle? But I think like being in somebody's circle might actually mean people living with each other. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, so that's what we did. Like she's moving apartment into our, she's moving from her apartment, bringing her dog and her food and she's moving into our house. Wow. Um, you know, for the duration. And you're like, well, that could be six months. I'm like, I know. Yeah. But the, the, the longer it goes on, the more we'll be glad that we didn't leave her out there by herself. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, that, and, that makes and, a lot of sense to me. So I think that that's one thing is, is drawing a circle. I really like the way you put that, by the way. I think that's a good that i mean you know i'm i'm a super extrovert i guess you could say or you know social social time is really really important to me so when mm -hmm. you say draw a circle that appeals to me like i go like okay so who's in my circle you know i i tr trust these people um and these are my in person people like yeah. i like i'm going to be in person with these people and you know Love so marty that. wanted Marty wanted to go on a walk with a friend of hers from across town today. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, like the six of us have decided we're not doing other people right now. So if you want to go on a walk, like meet her in the park and stay six feet away from her. And she was like, I will. That's exactly what she did. And because and our friend, our friend, her friend, Karen also has a circle. And like, they're not mixing with our circle. Like, and so, so we're friends and, and we'll talk on the phone and we'll even go for six foot apart walks outside. But like <laughs> the circle thing only works if we don't, if we don't cross them. Mm -hmm. And, and so, because the weird thing is like, Karen, you know, her daughter has a boyfriend and they haven't drawn him into their circle in the sense of saying, you live in our house and you can't hang with your friends, but they also haven't cut him out of their circle yet where they've gone like, oh, if you want to stay with your roommates, fine. Like you can't come over here. You can't talk to her, you know? So like, it's sort of like on the in-person circle, you got to figure out like, are you in or are you out? And, and, 
and 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 that's I don't mean out like you're not my friend anymore or out right, like right. we won't go for a walk together. But I go like, yeah, we're gonna be socially distant from you, and like. You say, well, what about this woman that's coming into your house? Can you give her a hug? And I'm like, yeah, I can give her a hug. Because like we're either sick together or we're well together. And and we need we, we decided to do that because like we we need somebody we can hug. You know, somebody who can change change diapers on the baby. Like I think so. so. Like, one of the, I mean, one of the things we, is we can do that. Right. What's bothered me about the way sometimes people talk about social distancing, social isolation, self-quarantine, these kinds of things, is that they talk as though there is no cost to that. You know, like, I don't mind them saying, like, that's important, and I believe it is. I just want them to acknowledge the cost of it, because I think it you pay a price for not. There's a re, Even if you go to, like, the handshake, is the handshake... Is there something, you know, important, the hug, is there something important about the hug? Yeah, I think there is. Like, I think that's important stuff. You know, we shouldn't give that up without acknowledging the cost is all I'm saying. You know, it's interesting. I read an article by um, a epidemiologist Mm -hmm. and he was talking about the fact that in societies where people have been quarantined, like during SARS, people that were quarantined for a, 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 a couple of weeks or for a month, mm-hmm. that almost all of them experienced PTSD. Um, that it yeah. was tra- it was a, it was a traumatic episode in their life to be isolated. I mean, seriously, like isolation is how we is the worst form of human punishment. Mm-hmm. And so, but 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 then he went on to say, he said the interesting thing is, is that people need the human touch. But he said, what's interesting is even experiments that they've done where people have visualized themselves being hugged by a loved one, where they've like sort of been like, I'm imagining their arms right there and they're pulling me in and like my face is next to the side of their head. They're like, that has been shown to have a positive impact on people's health. That we need the touch so bad that even thinking about the touch is better than not thinking about the touch. And so so he was like, interesting. That, he was like, that is why a phone call is better than a text and a video call is better than a phone call. Right. And, 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 and we may have to actually, you know, have you ever had phone sex? Not really. Like, I'm, I think I'm very bad at it. Ah, oh, I see. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> during a period of time in my life, this may be too much information for some people, um, where I traveled a great deal. You know, you know, and I was younger and my libido mm-hmm. was much more operative. You know, Marty and I sort of like, you know, you, there were conversations that you could have that, I don't know, that they, they were they fun. They would facilitate certain things. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it, you know, it was, it was like basically, you know, somebody helping somebody masturbate. Um, right. No, I think but, I'm very but, bad at, at dirty talk and you need to be good at dirty talk for that. Well, but you know what I learned because I'm also bad at that sort of thing because I was raised in the church and we, they, they, <laughs> they, they, there were no courses. Um, right. <laughs> but I learned that there were magazine articles that actually taught you how to do it 
how to have oh. phone sex. And like, these are topics to talk about. These are these are ways of saying, don't do this, do this, say this, don't say that. Like here, like, and so I got better at it, okay? Now, I'm mm-hmm. not, it's not a huge part of my life, but here's, the, the, and, and the, I'm, not, I'm not talking about phone sex right now. What I'm talking about is phone hugging, phone right. hand-holding, mm-hmm. phone, phone um, squeezings on the shoulder. And not where you just go like, hey, buddy, I like you, but where you go like, Hey, buddy, I want you to imagine my arm reaching around you right now and, and now me squeezing your upper arm. Like, I want you to think about that because that's what's happening. Right now, I've, do you see me on the Skype thing? I got my arm out there and, I'm, and man, you're right here in my mind. You're right here. And you go like, come on, people aren't going to have to get good at that kind of interaction. I, go, I, think, that, I think in the short run, that's, that is exactly what may have to happen. Right, because I think I think we're not going to have a vaccine for this thing, for maybe maybe twelve months, maybe eighteen months. I don't know. I mean, or, or maybe Elon Musk will get amazing on us, and you know, <laughs> we'll have one in three weeks. Like I'm widely open to being wrong about this, how bad this is going to be. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: if it's not this one. It'll be that earthquake in California in five years, or it'll be like at some point, humanity needs the tools of living in the aftermath of a collapsed economy. And part of one of those tools is the ability to band together with people. And another one of those tools is the ability to encourage people who aren't with you. Because we're all spread out. And like, you know, my, you know, arguably my favorite man in the world. I'm trying to think if I can safely say this. Yeah, not, not even arguably. My favorite male human being in the world is Roman and he lives in LA right now. Right. So you're apart by a couple thousand miles or something. Yeah, and whether it's the biology that we're dealing with now or what if the economy gets such that like we just I just can't afford to get to him and he can't afford to get to me or there are no flights or there are you know or like I better know how to hug him in a letter or I better know how to kiss him in a phone call. Right. Because he doesn't just need my pithy voice. He, he like we have a physical relationship. And, and you're saying, well, it won't be as good. I go, like, I'm not saying as good. I'm saying, you know, rice isn't as good as a filet mignon, but when you're really hungry, it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, so yes, I think one thing that we need to do is I think drawing circles right now in the immediate, like if, if we want to slow this thing down and flatten the curve and decrease the impact of this, both economically and just biologically and deaths, tolls and all that. Yeah, we got to start to draw circles um, and be I really like that, rigid. Because I, I, be really I think rigid. that's a very practical piece of advice too, is like basically figure out who's in. And um, yeah, that, that's good and stuff. So, and, and, and it may be one or two, it may be two families that go like, you know what? We live close enough to each other. Like, like we haven't moved Miranda and Tyler into our place. They live a mile away. And so like we can walk out of our house, get in our car, drive over to their place, drive right in their place. We don't have to talk or see anyone else. And this thing isn't airborne, so that's not the issue. And so, you know, between those two houses, that's our little world right now.
And so, yeah, I think drawing circles is one. Here, here's one that I think is really important is I think people are going to need to decide where they get their news. I was just about um, to mention this. Yeah. You, you, do you think the same thing? Yeah, because there's so much pseudoscience and bad information online. And, uh, you know, it comes down to any, you know, this is a permanent problem, not just something for now. But um, it definitely brings it into sharp focus, doesn't it? Yeah, we were going to do a show on this. I was going to I was going to get my friend Rich Stasinski, who I worked with in the Middle East and who's kind of one of the better sort of information filterers that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was going to get him on the show to talk about filtering news because I think it's a huge problem for not just, you know, it's not just the whole the the usual thing of all those idiots out there that are reading Facebook articles that are actually written by the Russians, like that's a problem. But I think there's even a problem for really bright people who are, what I want to say is they're being informationally promiscuous in, in that they're, they're getting their news from a wide variety of sources. And it becomes one of those things where if I take one piece of information from this person from from this person's 10 pieces and one from this 10 and one from this one i can make the think about like almost like a combination lock all the permutations of the truth that you can have by taking a, one bit of information from 10 different dials and at some point i think it would be healthier for you to go like i'm going to take i'm going to trust these two news sources Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, lar- that's going to be my baseline. And when I, when I see anything else, I'm going to run it back through, well, how does that either align with or conflict with what I learned from my primary news sources? It's um, funny you mentioned, you, you say it that way, because that's pretty much what I do, what I've, what I've been doing for years. What are your primaries? The New York Times. Um, I'm a, a subscriber to the Times. Um, I love that paper and I think it, I, I trust it, you know, um, if they get anything wrong, you'll, you'll hear about it in a, in a retraction. It's not like, you know, this unaccountable source where they say anything or anything goes. Um, so that's the primary one. And I, I suppose the Washington post. It's so interesting that you should say the New York times because I like the New York times. I used to love it. Um, until Trump, they're too too Trumpy. I understand why. No, I understand why the Trump, why the New York Times decided that like it needed to fight Donald Trump. But I started to realize that it's it that it its liberal bias was very strong, and it wasn't just in the editorial pages where they were writing editorials about how Trump wasn't a good president, but mm-hmm. that the way they reported on Trump reflect it was like the way somebody reports on somebody they don't like. And, <laughs> and so I, you know, I, I, I began to see, find that they didn't have as much political objectivity as I wanted. Um, or as I, I had thought they, they had, but what's interesting is in this crisis, I'm all New York times because they have reporters everywhere, good reporters. They spend the money on that stuff and because 
when it comes to reporting on something like where, what's the best home stereo you can buy? Like if the New York Times writes an article on the five best, like I trust that they have been thorough in their vetting of everything. Right, right. And No, I know. You've, and, you've been way more critical of them about Trump than I did. I, I saw them as basically telling the truth about Trump. <laughs> which they, and, and that's the thing, like I agree with everything they say and think about Trump. Right, right. It's just, I don't want my, like I want my news to be more objective than I am. Yeah. And you don't think they were? No, I mean like I, 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 I think, no, I, I don't think they report fairly on, on Trump. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I, well, that's I, a, that, that's one for another day. But yeah, I, I do I do agree with you about this about this primary thing. In this crisis, I think the New York Times is a very good news source. I, yeah. like that's yeah. that's my primary too. Them, including their podcast, The Daily, which yeah. I think is a really helpful, you know, focus point. Man, on, on, you know, I used to think that the, the Daily was a good resource. Now I think it's an indispensable resource. Like it's that good. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that it's it's popular enough that if you use the new the Daily or the New York Times as a as a as a reference point, um, it, it it's it's helpful to you in conversation with other people because they may have seen the same article and you can you're you're dealing with apples and apples when you when you're arguing mm -hmm. or talking about things, um, the, the, what's interesting is is I, I talked to Roman about this and he said, I. Sam Harris's podcast has become one of my news sources because he said Sam Harris is a super smart guy and he has mm -hmm. access to some of the smartest scientists in the world. And this is a scientific crisis. And so when he gets somebody on there to talk about the pandemic flu, Sam Harris asks the right questions and he typically has people that can offer the really helpful answers. And so he said his last two episodes have been and, 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 and they've, they've been really good. I listened to both of them. And, 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 and Sam Harris is evidently sort of committed, like for the duration of this crisis, I don't think I'm going to be talking about anything else because this is what's happening. Interesting. Joe Rogan had a guy on his podcast. Now, I can't listen to Joe Rogan in general. I can't listen to three hours of that macho. <laughs> I mean, he's super intelligent. And I've listened to some of his episodes have been some of the best things I've ever heard. But I can't. Yeah, he, yeah. I can't make a consistent diet of that guy. But he, right. had, he had a week ago, he had a, a, an epidemiologist on and I, I did listen to I, 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 all these smart people kept telling me Joe Rogan had this guy. He was great. And yeah, he was, a, yeah, he was great. And so, well, and I was impressed with Ro Rogan isn't always his own personal tastes, you know, can, can, I think lead to some information that I would call questionable or dubious, you know, so you have to take it with like, it's through the filter of Rogan. Right. But that guy was solid. And, and I always read up on the, on the guests before I listen. Exactly. Like, I mean, that guy, his credentials were spotless and. Yep. Um, yep. So, so, but what's interesting is, is that I got to that guy through a New York, I got to the Rogan article mm -hmm. through a New York Times article. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, and, and so I, here's an, here's an interesting thing. I read a New York Times article about 
where uh, it was an article where somebody was saying that they were criticizing the the president's administration and and a lot of the information that we're getting because on the one hand people are saying masks don't help like those 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 masks they're like you know they're not going to help you like and 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 that's why we should not nobody should be buying them so that we can devote them all to our healthcare providers and you're like what kind of ins- what, like if they help our healthcare providers like maybe our healthcare providers need them more than we do but the idea is saying mm-hmm. like like tell me the truth if you're not if if you tell me that our healthcare providers need them then it would be better if i wore one because if they really didn't matter, you wouldn't want me to give them to our healthcare providers. <laughs> right. So I'm reading this article and I'm going like, yeah, I, I, I've known that as soon as they started saying like we have a, we, you know, the real problem is nobody listened to all the catastrophists who said the pandemic flu was coming and we didn't invest anything in public health supplies. You know, we, so we don't have enough masks. And we don't have a we don't right. have we don't have enough companies that can produce masks, um, and and so we have a mask shortage. So the fact is that there are a number of circumstances under which a mask makes sense. And like when I flew back from L.A., I wished to high heaven I had a mask. Um, right. What's so, funny? Do you, do you remember that podcast a month ago where we talked about masks, and I was going on a flight, and you were trying to convince me to wear one? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it just seems so. It seems like a million years ago, but and, yeah, and, that's, and I that's the reason funny. I didn't wear one in L, coming to and from LA was we tried to get them. And after I talked to you, I tried to get them. You couldn't get them. Couldn't get them. It's a worldwide shortage. Now, here's the thing: I didn't know is in that same editorial, the person talked about do-it-yourself masks. So I went online. And actually, if you if you made it this far in the podcast without like hating me, um, we'll post. I, I just sent you the link to the article, but it's 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 a uh, do it your it's a video, a little online video about how to make your own mask out of kitchen paper towels, bathroom tissues, tape, rubber bands, and uh, and that'll that'll work. It won't work as good, but it's like ninety percent as good as one of those surgical Crazy. masks. Okay. And, I know and, what, I know what, I know the joke that some people are, are making in their heads right now. They can't even get toilet paper. So they can't, right, right. They can't make the mask. Um, but, but what, but what I'm saying is like, I, there are things that we can do. And that's where I think like, figure out what your news source is. And then, you know, kind of, because one of the things too is like people are going to say like yesterday there were 200 of these and today there are 350 and you're trying to gauge like is this a time to sell my stock or is this a time to buy you know a a bag full of rice and stuff like that you're trying to figure out like how worried you should be and you want to be following the same numbers from the same source so that if they if they change or if they say we thought it was this but we got it wrong and it's actually this like you want to know where you're getting your, your sourcing. I know what you're thinking. Like, wouldn't it be great if like you could just trust the president when he gets on an arrest, he'll give you accurate information. But like mm-hmm. whether you're Republican or Democrat, that's the last person you can trust. I mean, he can't keep his story straight from one day to the next. Right, right. It may have gotten slightly better in my estimation. Like I was, I was um, 
watching him an hour ago and it seemed to be a bit more sensible and and um, better yeah. informed. Yeah, he figured out yesterday that it's really a bad problem. Or the, yeah. like, or he's known that all along, but he didn't want to crash the economy. And like, I respect him for not wanting to crash the economy. Like, you know, he seems to have been really early on figuring out like, this is going to be bad for the economy. But like, he thought like good public relations could stop that from happening as if like you could hide a pandemic flu. Right, right. So, but anyway, do-it-yourself masks are a thing. Drawing a, circle, drawing a circle around a small group of people, that's a thing. Like, here's a, here's a thing. Like, you know what you can still get? You can still get an Instant Pot or a pressure cooker. You can still buy those. Plenty of those. Not ventilators, not masks, lots of Instant Pots. And you go like, so why that? You know what would be really smart to do right now? is to learn how to make a good, healthy lentil soup, a good, healthy split pea soup, a good, healthy vegetable soup that like out of stuff that you can still get in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Dried beans, a lot of protein there. You say like, well, and what I'm saying is like, you can go to the grocery store and you can buy a whole bunch of dried beans and put them in your basement. And if you have something to cook them with, and if you learn how to, a basic recipe, you're like, you can sort of go like, you know what? We're good here for a month, it, even if something gets interrupted. I mean, yeah. like, I'm not like some Mondo prepper who thinks like, you know, get enough stores so that you can live indefinitely. Like, and you know, like, I don't think, I, if, if it comes to that, I'm not gonna make it either. But you go like, maybe have, an, <laughs> maybe have enough so that you can make it for three days if there's an interruption in electrical service or if, you know, if something, if for some reason, like the police aren't able to, you know, they, they tell everybody to stay inside for a couple of days. Like, yeah, you should know how to make some food mm -hmm. and make some healthy food because you, you go like, you can eat shit on vacation for a week, but you know, you can't eat shit for a month and not have that affect your mood. And your mood's already going to be kind of down because you're not able to get out and spend time with as many people. Which, by the way, is a piece of advice number three. You can't be with people, but you can be outside. And you're crazy if you don't go outside every day. Like, I don't care how cold it is, how wet it is. Like, go for a walk around the block. Wherever you are, go out and walk around the block. Don't get within six feet of anybody. But, but you got to be outside. You got to breathe fresh air. That's just, that's like, again, like that's what they learn. People that run prisons know this, like that if, if you don't get out of doors, if you don't, if you don't get into wide open spaces, it's not good for your mental health. Yeah, no, I, I like, I, I do, I do love being outdoors. Uh, I have a park Nick near me um, that I take the dog every morning and it's how I start my day for that reason. It's not just for the dog, it's for me too. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's, and it's interesting, like when I was talking about going outside, like social distancing requires discipline. And what I'm realizing as we're talking is that social connection also requires discipline. Because you might think like, well, when people are stuck at home for the whole day, they'll be calling each other all the time. But I remember as a high school kid, when I was playing a sport, 
and I had practice until seven o'clock at night and then I'd get home and eat and I would have two hours to do my homework. I would get my homework done. But when the sports season ended and I had all the time in the world, like I'd get off at three and I didn't have any, I never did it. Like, it, like, cause I could always do it another time. And I think that for a lot of people, they're, they're, I think that you would think that people will stay in touch more by phone and Skype, but I think people are going to need the discipline of sort of setting a schedule and saying, I call my mother every day at this time. I call my friend every day at this time. I call one of these three people every day at this time. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think that as people become more isolated or, 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 or spend more time alone, Strangely enough, your motivation to make that phone call goes down and not up. And so I think that that's the other thing that I would say is that people can't count on sort of like, well, I'll call when I feel like it. Because as this thing wears on, you may just not feel like it. Because in a lot of cases, you, you know, you, you, you're not going to feel like it. Because you're going to feel like, what is there to talk about? I haven't done anything new and they haven't done anything new. Like when I call my parents right now, right? what have they, uh, we watch some TV, we watch some TV. And I think we're all going to have to get better at saying, what show are you watching? What's happening in the show? What's happening with those characters? What what documentary that John Wright makes in the next month will you watch? Ah, because there you, you go. Are <laughs> There are many, you're home and you need... Hey, brother, there are many people in this audience who have not yet seen that fine documentary, Leaving My Father's right. Faith. Now is your it's chance. Right. It's for free on Amazon Prime. Um, no, I know. I am I am in a lot of contact with um, various types of content producers who are trying to figure out how do they still... You know, I mean, it's weird. I mean, I Saturday Night Live stopped taping because, you know, it only really works with a studio audience, or right. at least that's what they're feeling right now. Right. And yet, you know, what time do people need Saturday Night Live more than the next few months? And so it's a weird sort of dilemma right now in the content creation world. Yeah, and I, I think that I think that that's a place where people, because, I mean, it's very hard. Like, you know, what are the things that prop people up during crises? You know, religion, sports, entertainment. You're going, mm -hmm. yeah, you can't go yeah. to church. You can't go to mosque. <laughs> You know, I mean, we, we had to cancel Caravan. You know, we're not allowed to do that. Um, oh, yeah. And so, you know, but- Can but, you do something online? I mean, yes, I, I know it's we not are. your favorite thing. No, okay. and we are. And, and a lot of churches I know are doing that. Um, a, a lot of people are doing that. But, you know, like sports, you know, like a lot of people really, sports is a lifeline for them. And they're not, you know, the question is like, are they going to be able to figure out a way to produce sports? Um, you know, and like, I mean, I think that if this goes on very long, I think that they're going to take people like the, like the NBA players and they're going to, they're going to say, okay, we're going to quarantine all of you in this one hotel. Like we're going to quarantine 10 teams in this hotel and mm -hmm. you're going to play against each other and you know, you can bring your family with you. And every, like, nobody goes out, nobody comes in, but like, we're going to, we're going to televise these games and we're going to have the NBA playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to have to figure out a way to get that back because, you know. Everything's going to adapt. Yeah. Everything's going to have to adapt. And, and part of that is people need sports is, you know, the other great religion in this country. 
Um, and so people are going to need those outlets. But I think that individually, we've got to recognize that we have a responsibility to each other and particularly to the more vulnerable among us to connect. And you might say like, I hate talking to people on the phone or Skyping. Like, what are we going to talk about? And I go like, you know, that's what maybe we'll do on our next podcast is we'll talk about long distance conversation skills and, mm. you know, tricks of the trade. Like, you know, cause like one of the tricks of the trade that I have with my, with, with, with some of the people in my life is I send them a book or an article and say, you read this, I'll read this and we'll talk about it. Or you watch this movie, I'll watch this movie and we'll talk about it. Um, but like, you know, when Marty and I were watching The Walking Dead back in the day, back in Los Angeles, sometimes we would watch the show and, and like there were like 10 main characters at any given time. And sometimes we'd be sitting at dinner and we'd be going like, do you think that Micheline is going to end up in a relationship with, uh, with that guy? And uh, Marduka, like, I don't know. Like, I, like, what do they have in common? I'm like, well, you know, he reminds me of this person that we know. And, so, and you, you would end up having a conversation. And you're like, these people don't exist except in your imagination. And I go like, that's okay. That's okay. Like, neither does Harry Potter. And, you know, probably neither do half the people in the Bible. Like, but you still have conversations about the implications of what if they did this or why do you think she said that to him? Because they have, they, they in a sense, they are reflections of real life conversations that you do have. And so, so you know, I remember at one point Marty saying to me when we were in LA, because we were so isolated there, we didn't have, we couldn't have a lot of personal contact with people because everyone's so far away and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what's weird is she's like, the people in The Walking Dead they are like my community now. They're the people I think about and we talk about. I go like, I know, it's ridiculous. But you know what? It's not the worst. It's, 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 it's better than having no people in common. And so I think there are some skills that people are going to have to develop to have a shared life, even though they're not able to be in a shared space. And there's going to be a, a questions that people are going to have to learn how to ask each other and subjects that they're going to need to learn how to talk about on the phone that go like, this is a better, you know how like baseball is a better game for radio than it is for television? I think people are going to learn like, oh, this is a better conversation for a phone call than this one. Like this is a, this is a good phone topic. I have a little, I, I have a little trick that I've been doing for a while now, way before this crisis part. What you do is you sync up with someone. Let's say you're going to watch a Netflix show, but you want to watch it with someone who you're not with. You can sync up and, you know, do three, two, one play and watch a show together remotely. And so you're, you're able to talk about it. And, and sometimes this is better via text than you know, but it's still, that person is watching with you. They're reacting at the same time. Plot points, you know, they're coming up and, and you know, you're reacting to them. And you're like, oh my God, you know, and it, it does, it works surprisingly well. Like it creates a sense of shared, we're yes. doing something together. Yeah. My son-in-law, Tyler and I watched the Lakers versus the, um, 
versus the uh, Clippers game together. Mm-hmm. And we watched it. He was in he was in Ohio. I was in California, and we were texting back and forth throughout the game. Um, and it was it and, was, and it it was brilliant. Isn't that fun? It was brilliant. Yeah. And I I could I could see doing that through a movie or a documentary and just going like, you know, that guy's ridiculous or, or like the things you would say in a movie. You could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's really it's idea. really much better that, than you would think it is. Yeah. And then and then after it's over, you can pick up the phone and call and like do do a right. you know, a debrief. But like during it, I think there is something about like one of the reasons I like watching a movie with a friend is like you're in the same like we're watching it at the same time. It's it's different than if I'm like you watched it's it a week so ago, different, man. and I watched it yeah, just now. Like, there's something about like we're watching it right now, even and, if it's an hour apart. It's not the same, right? You know? Right? Like right. you can, you have to be in the same space at the same time, reacting together. And to do that, you know, it's as simple as three, two, one, hit the play button at the same time, and you know, and and it's no. so good. I, uh, you know what? I'm gonna three two one go. That is that is a really three two one play. That's it. Three two one play. Three two one play. That's a really good idea. I love that idea. Maybe we should start uh, organizing like um, we should have a humanize me film club. Yeah, we should have a film. Yeah, humanize me film club where we go like here's the film we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch it at this time. Three two one play, and then chat about it after. Okay, so let, let let's work on that next week. Like on you know if the world isn't unbelievably different than it is right now. Again, yeah. Which it probably will be. But like, you know, assuming that we're all still dealing with lockdown stuff, let's let's do a thing about, you know, how to, how to maintain relationships at distance. Because that's like, that's something we actually know about. Um, that's great. We, and we then I'm going to email you, I'm going to email you a couple of other thoughts I have um, for the next few weeks of the podcast going forward. Okay, good. You know, and, and the other thing is like, not just maintaining relationships, building relationships. Cause there's some people that, like you said, they're going to be out there in our audience and they're going like, yeah, I'm shit out of luck because like, I don't have those kind of connections right now. And we're going to, we're going to have to come up with a way in which we say like, here's how you meet people. And here's how you, how, here, you know, here's how you start a relationship at distance. I'm, I'm even thinking of like, do you remember that, that, that New York Times thing, uh, 23 questions to fall in love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to, we, I think we'll look at that and maybe come up with like, you know, 15 questions to fall in friendship. Um, mm. So that what we can do is we can actually connect people with each other or, can, you know, or, or tell people like, look, if you have a vague connection, this, is, this might be a good time to say like, hey, would you be willing to invest, you know, in you know, having more of a virtual connection because I'm kind of isolated right now and, and maybe you are too. And, and maybe we can help give people some tools to get closer to some people um, in, in that way since they're cut off from, from doing the way that I like best. Right, definitely. Oh yeah, okay. All right, so do you feel like we've, we've come through my catastrophic warnings to... Yeah, something. yeah, I think we've I think we've come full circle, and and this stuff is very relevant to right now, which is good. Yeah, um, and but yeah, I, I, I think I think we we need to continue where we left off 
this week, continue next week with something similar style and do it like on the topic you're talking about. And I don't want to minimize, like I still think that one of the reasons working backwards that people need to get their good news sources is because I Mm -hmm. still think this is a fast moving crisis. And I think think it's very possible that it's going to get significantly worse. But all I'm saying is no matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad it gets, drawing a circle around some people, maintaining some close relationships and finding ways to encourage each other to continue to love life and to continue to be excited about growing as a human being. Those are, those are not just, those are not luxuries. Those are going to be survival skills. Yeah. All right, baby. All right, Bart. Thanks. I feel, I feel better. All right. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) I feel better too. Okay. Bye. All right.